Scripture reading today is from John 21, verses 15 through 19. When they finished eating, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon replied, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. Jesus asked a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Simon replied, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, take care of my sheep. He asked a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was sad that Jesus asked him a third time. Do you love me, he replied. Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. I assure you that when you were younger, you tied your own belt and walked around wherever you wanted. When you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will tie your belt and lead you where you don't want to go. He said this to show the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. After saying this, Jesus said to Peter, follow me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, I am back in black, as we say here today. I, uh, every time uh, it's time to wear the purple in the season of Advent, I always have a fun time remembering my friend Katie Kindred from the first church. All my stoles were actually all given to me. You may not know this, but the only stole I have that's purple is this one. And uh, she surprised me one day with these wonderful, bedazzling sparkling purple uh, stole, and so I still have it here today. So Katie, I don't think you ever watched, but if you ever do, still rocking it for you, girl. So thank you so much for that. As we uh, are here today, we've been in a, a sermon series, and it's coming to a close. Oh, I know. But that means we get to have a new one coming here soon. But uh, we've been going through a sermon series, and of course we've been looking at the different letters, or that is words, I should say, that uh, are attributed to our Advent candles. So of course we have hope, Peace, joy, and then love here today. Now, hopefully in these past weeks there's been some surprises uh, that maybe as we delved into some of these words and how Scripture uses them, and especially how they were used in the original language, uh, hopefully there's been some surprises. And today, who knows, there may or may not be. We'll see. But uh, I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad that we're going to be opening into this. And those that are joining online, again, thank you for being with us. Well, as we look at love, as many of you know, if you've been in the church for a long time, one of the favorite things pastors love to talk about is that the Greek, the ancient Greek that the New Testament was written in, has different words for love. And uh, many of you are familiar with this. If you ever do an in-depth Bible study or different things like that, you've heard this before. And typically, here's what is said. It is normally said that the Greek has about four words that we would normally use for love, that kind of different aspects of it. The first one is phileo. The second one is stergo, the third one is eros, and the last one is agape. Now, if you look at phileo, normally how that's described and how the pastor loved to preach, and I've done these sermons too, right? Where phileo is the brotherly love, if you will. That kind of love between someone when you have that emotional tie, but there's kind of that, that virtuous love that you have for someone. The stergo is kind of like that affection in a family, that love that you have for each other. Uh, and especially those natural relations that you have in that family setting. Eros is sort of like that carnal, 
uh, animalistic kind of love, I guess, in some ways, very sexual in nature and different things like that. And then finally, what is normally said is agape is defined as the unconditional love, love that God has. Now, I'm going to tell you here today that as we look at this and the way Scripture uses it, it gets a little more nuanced than what was just presented. But there's a lot of truth in what was just said. Now, it's interesting if you think about that, that there were different words for love that could be used. You may be surprised that Scripture, for all intents and purposes, only uses two. And and by Scripture, I'm talking about the New Testament here because, of course, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew and and Aramaic. uh, But the original uh, language of the New Testament is Greek. And what's interesting about that is eros, never used at all, anywhere in the New Testament. Stergo is technically not used at all, but it has a a negative form, so not stergo, so not having relations, if you will, uh, or not proper relations, is actually used twice, but it's very, very rare. And so really the last two that you're looking at is phileo and agape. Now just to give you an understanding of this, just to count in numbers-wise, which one the New Testament thinks is more important, phileo are its derivatives and all the ways it's used. Sometimes it's used as a verb, sometimes it's a noun. It's used 24 times as a verb, 28 times as a noun, which by my math, which again, this is pastor math, so you might want to double-check me, but 52 times, right? Agape, as a verb, is 117 and 109 as a noun. So it gives you just a perspective on the word usage of the New Testament and which ones were used. But if you think about it, that's quite telling why they would use one word of another. And if you think about it, if you were writing the language down, now Jesus may have been speaking Greek and he may have chosen his own words, but he may have not. He may have been speaking Aramaic or even Hebrew whenever he was doing teaching. And so when they recorded the Bible in the New Testament, they had to make a choice of what word they were going to translate love into. And most of the time, they chose the word agape. Now, if you look outside the Bible at the time, agape is just kind of a normal use word. It's, it's used of just love and just how you would normally use it. I love to do this. I love this. I love this. Oftentimes in a relationship with a person, oftentimes as someone that is doing goodwill or benevolence or something like that is love. Now, what you may be surprised that in the New Testament, phileo and agape are used sometimes interchangeably. There's almost no difference that you can tell given the context and what's being said, but oftentimes there's a slight nuance to it that's very telling. So, for instance, agape is defined as love, as in benevolence or goodwill or esteem or something like that that you would give to someone else. And in the Greek world, there's this interesting thing you have to talk about. And this is different than us here today, per se, because in the Greek world, they love to compartmentalize things and categorize things. And so in the Greek world of thought, they love to, to set things up in these different categorical spheres, if you will. And so one of the things they love to divide is the idea that there was reason and emotion. And oftentimes they didn't coincide, that they were almost two separate ways of being. Or, if you would, they would have uh, the things like not only just reason and, and emotion, but will versus your nature or your natural inclinations. Or your mind, we would say heart, but they would, in the old days, they wouldn't say heart, that would be, kind of mean something else, they would mean stomach. But we would say heart nowadays, so your will versus your nature, your mind versus your heart, your reason versus your emotion. Now, what's interesting about those words is if you were going to categorize them, agape 
would actually fall under the idea of the Greek world of reason, or will, or mind. And phileo would focus a lot more on the other side of this emotion, or nature, or stomach. And so when you look at that, here's kind of the, the difference between the two as it's used in the New Testament even, is agape gets used, and kind of what's being said there is the duty, or the preference, or goodwill, or honoring, or this big word, covenant, is the type of love agape is. Where phileo is more of affection, tenderness, the heartstrings. If you're really going to categorize them, it's kind of like, which one do you want to focus on when you say the term love? Are you focusing on the action, which would be agape, or the emotion, which would be more like phileo? As you look at these two words, of course, they're both used in different ways, and again, sometimes interchangeably, but sometimes not. One of the most telling things that I, I could study this week as I went through and looked at this again was uh, the word phileo. You know, in the New Testament, Jesus often said something like this, Beware of those Pharisees, for they love to sit at the biggest seat at the table, right? Or they love money. Or they love to be heard with their prayers and, and these ostentatious things, right? And he goes off on the Pharisees for loving these certain things. Phileo is almost always used in that. And so the flavoring of what's being said there is not the idea that they love, as in they get this emotional high, if you will, off of this. It's love as in the self-seeking kind of love. And oftentimes, and sometimes I would say, not all the time, but many times phileo almost kind of has that flavor in the New Testament, and especially in the Gospels, speaking of the Pharisees. You would know phileo also because the word Philadelphia, which many of us are familiar with, comes from Philadelphos, which is brotherly love. And it's used in the New Testament many times. But it's interesting looking at this, this love and affection versus agape. It's almost like when you look at the New Testament, the love, agape love, is a little different because where phileo would require you to feel something for one, you, know, you feel this mutual affection, this brotherly love for someone, agape doesn't mean that at all. Because agape isn't emotion. Agape is the will. And part of why it said benevolence is because agape is the type of love that when you love someone, you can love agape despite how you feel about them. It's focused on the action of loving somebody. It's interesting as you look at the New Testament and our scripture even here today. I chose again, we looked at it not too long ago earlier this year, but just to remind you once again that in this scripture, remember Jesus says, Simon Peter, you know, this is after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, Jesus had been denied by Peter, remember, three different times. Peter claimed he'd never do it, and he did it three times that night. And so there's this question whether or not Peter's, you know, okay with Jesus. And so this is their first true encounter with each other. And when Jesus sees him, he calls Peter aside after he has this kind of breakfast with the disciples. He calls Peter aside and he says these words, Simon Peter, do you love me? And he says in this, agape. In other words, do your actions, do you, does, is there action to your love, Simon Peter? And of course, what just happened with Simon Peter was the exact opposite. His love did not show. He denied Jesus Christ, said, I don't even know anything to do with him. And so Peter in this moment says, yes, Jesus, you know that I love you. But he says, phileo. So he says, Jesus, you know, you know you're tender to me. You know my heart is with you. Jesus tells him, well, feed my sheep, right? And then he says, Simon, or it's asked Simon Peter again. He says, Simon Peter, do you agape me? 
As in, do you love me with your will, with your reason, with your, your principles, if you will, that despite whatever comes, that you're going to choose to abide by this in this covenant relationship? And Peter, once again, is distraught, but he says, Jesus, you know I phileo you. You know my heart is with you, right? He's, he's avoiding the question. And Jesus finally looks at him and says, Peter, do you phileo me? Do you really have your heart with me? And that's when you can tell when Peter, it says, is really distraught when he hears Jesus say this because Jesus is asking not only does your love come through in the principled ways, but do you even have that tenderness and affection? And of course, Peter is brought to tears, and in his tears he's saying, Jesus, you know, you know all things. You know that I have this tender affection for you. And Jesus tells him to feed his sheep. It's the reinstatement of Peter. And you can see how that word love gets used in that way, in a unique way during that story. Another great story, an example of this is the, is the story of when Lazarus is risen from the dead. This happens in John chapter 11 in the book of John. And Lazarus is, has sick, and there's this word that comes to Jesus as he's sitting there doing his different things, and the word says, hey, Jesus, Lazarus, whom you dearly love, is sick. The word that's used there is phileo, again, the motion, this person that your heart is with. Jesus, do something, right? Come and see us. And Jesus, it says in the story, he waits a couple days, three days, that is, and he comes then to go, and he's heard already that Lazarus has been as dead. But it does say in the story, in the middle of it, that Jesus loved Mary and her sister Lazarus, or sister, that is, and Lazarus is what I meant to say. Mary Martha, that is, and her sister, and Lazarus. But when it says that he loved them, it says agape them. And then they go on and remember the story. He comes and he meets the sisters, and then he finally meets the second sister, and the sister comes and is basically like, she's the one that sent the note saying, hey, this person who dearly loved is sick. And it says that, you know, she says, Jesus, if you had been here, this wouldn't have happened. And it says that Jesus in that moment wept, right? And all the people around him look around and they say, look how much he loved Lazarus, how much he had that brotherly love, phileo, once again. And it's this great contrast of the idea of agape versus phileo because Jesus knew in that moment that he was going to bring agape love to them. Well, it's amazing to look at that love because what's also unique about this word love is that when you look at this story, the story of Jesus, the story of God, the only time ever, the only word that is, that is ever used of God's love is agape. Never once is phileo or the others used except for one brief time when in the book of John, God is, Jesus is explaining that God, has, the Father, has phileo for the Son and for the apostles. Just one little tiny brief time, but every single other time, the word that's used of God's love is agape. Now what, of course, that means is that God's love is not just affection that doesn't follow through, that God's love isn't just tenderness or heartstrings or emotion, that God's love is the type of love where covenant is made where goodwill is, despite one need or despite one's earning it, the preference of love because one cares for someone just because one cares for someone and chooses to follow through, the agape love of duty, the agape love of honoring, the agape love of esteem, the agape love of benevolence is used of God. 
then the other story of this is when God says, or Jesus says, go and love others as I have loved you, the word is used, agape. Because we are called to love the way God has called us to love. Now what that means, there's actually a whole sermon series I would probably preach next year on this at some point, but just in very short, a couple different things that that means. Is the love that we're called to do does not rely at all on the way you feel. It's irrelevant. Totally irrelevant to the love that God says to love. Love is an action. It's an attitude of the will of I'm going to bless this person because I choose to bless this person versus I bless this person because I feel like I should do that in this moment. It's the agape love that we are called to have is the love that has trust in another person, the one that, has, that fulfills promises to another person. It's the love that God would share with us to say we're going to follow through, to do goodwill, to honor one another, to have esteem for one another, to even have benevolence for those who do not deserve it, to love as God loves. Let us pray. Lord, as we're here today, we thank you so much for your word. God, you have moved in our life in so many different ways. In so many ways, we, Lord, get tripped up, tied up, and we get almost tricked by this world. As we're here today, God, we remember that commandment that you have called us to love one another as you have loved us. And so, God, as we're here today, we pray, Lord, for always to have the strength and the courage to do just that. Lord, as we think about love and of Jesus Christ coming down to this earth to save sinners who had fallen very far, we're moved once again. For this is love like none other. Love that is astounding and amazing and bewildering. And God, once again, we stop to let it rule our life. And we take hold of that love to go to others and to love likewise. Amen.